We are not heroes, nor are we villains. Neither kings nor magicians, but we can tell you their stories. We are the Lore Keepers, and we welcome you to Halloween. Welcome to Halume. Uh, you are listening to Lore Keepers, a lore building podcast where we talk about eons of history, heroes and villains, and the legends they leave behind. I'm Frank. I'm Carter. And this is another Lore Keepers Junior. So hopefully you're all enjoying the holidays. I think this probably drops around Christmas somewhere. Yep, if so not, we might have to rejigger the order a little bit. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah, fest- uh, ha- happy uh, what's the Warhammer one? Remember last year? Oh, fuck. Festag, right? Yes, Festag. Happy Festag, where you, I don't know, I think cut up a deer and then wear its antlers, like, sliced off on your head or something? I don't know. Yep. No, 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 it's no, really no, no. bloody. That is far too beast, uh, beast kin. No. Oh, is that like, they're, that's like a bad thing, I'm assuming? That's a bad thing, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, well. No, that's, that's like, none of that. That's like one I would do. I think I just, because I hear stag in there. No, so unfortunately, we will not be cutting off any yeah, deer no antlers. And no, no, beast no, 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 no beast men, no beast magic for us. But we will be instead, uh, we are going to talk about the holidays of Helume. We, last year, around this time, holidays. we released an uh, episode, oh, what was that, like 33 or something? Man, uh, kind of nuts. Yeah, because I, I think I think it might be thirty three. Because if this is episode eighty three, yep. it's thirty three. Yeah. Wow, man, that's crazy. Um, it, wait, does fifty weeks make a year, Frank? Well, is I this... think we lost. I think we missed two weeks in there. Okay, fifty two, which good. would explain it perfectly. Then, uh, wow, that if okay, these are just gonna come out in what order they come out, and if they come out like on point like that, I'm gonna buy myself an ice cream sundae because that's that's legit. Uh, but yeah. non dairy ice cream, no. Well, I'm not buying you. You could buy yourself a non-dairy ice cream. Oh, I think Dairy Queen is. I think Dairy Queen is DQ now because I don't know if they can call themselves Dairy Queen. I don't remember if they actually have dairy anymore. That's good. They probably do. That's probably. I think they do. Uh, that's a big risk to take if you're a vegan. So I would steer clear of that one. I'm not. I'm not gonna buy anything from DQ. <laughs> um, but yeah. So this week, uh, we're going to explore the uh, the many different festivals that could be. Uh, celebrated or maybe just events you know like uh what are the significant events that the people of halome remember and celebrate every year or even just have memorials to you know maybe it's uh the loss of a war or the you know there's a god who was born or something you maybe don't not typically a god remember born, the but... wars you lost frank i mean you do if you're the south hey ho firefly uh... Fireflies, just the Confederates. Anyways, um, so oh, that's why the my city's baseball team are the Fireflies. Oh, that feels bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be surprising. Nerdy, nerdy white nationalists. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna talk about the Sudarian year a little bit, and I think Carter and I. 
we're mostly just going to popcorn different ideas for what could be uh, holidays with the hope that maybe we start turning that maybe even to like a God esque we return and we make a short list of different I think holidays. It's just a mill at that point. You think it's what? Just a mill. Uh, just a mill? Sure, yeah. Just a, a hollow mill. Holly mill. Uh, hollow mill? Hollow. Hollow mill. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no intros this week. We're just gonna jump right into it. Yep, we've already introed. Yeah, that was, that was the intro. Yep. Uh, so as a quick flyover, as a reminder to those of you who forget, um, there are—that's what it is. There are three. There are three. There are technically only four months in the uh, Halloween year. However, there are three harvests, and each one of the harvests is for a different yield. This is what that was. I was trying to remember. <laughs> So there is the four quote-unquote months are Virlil, Alvar, Hoshtar, and Shavaril. Hoshtar is my favorite. <laughs> so Virlil is roughly January-February. Alvar is, uh, is uh, roughly mid-April to early June. Hoshtar is uh, late July to mid-September. And um, Shavaril is November to December. Um... And in between, we have uh, Varan, which is the first seed. We have Kalan, which is the longest light. And we have Nam, which is late harvest. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, so the three, the three yields are, the first one, Varan, is the yield of, uh, I think, I want to say that's the yield of heart. Yes, yield of heart. Kalan, which is uh, the longest light, is the yield of mind, and then Nam is the yield of hand. And basically the reason why is because it's, it roughly divides the nine into thirds, so that each chunk of the nine is, is like honored and recognized for a 40-day long period. So they, they alternate basically 40 and 60 days. So the months are 60 days long each, and then the harvests are 40 days long each. Um, weeks are six days long. Uh, this all the weird shadow time of bremen right so bremen sort of uh it supposedly occurs between years although technically it's still part of the orbit of sadar around yadiel like it's it's accounted for it's not that the weeks it's not that everything gets shifted a week off every year that'd, be bad. <laughs> that'd probably make it very confusing to talk about you know the last light of shavariel in the middle of summer after 20 years or something yeah but yeah, so that, that was like the general overview. And then, uh, but there's also specific days. So I think it will be good to talk about the yields at some point, but I just wanted to lay the groundwork for like whatever we want, wherever we want to go from, from here. Very good. So I wanted to go for, uh, I don't have really a particular time set for, but I want to mm -hmm. uh, kind of look at an elven, elvish holiday. Okay. Because I think it might be interesting to see, I think most of their holidays commemorate characters from their past from right their collective dream of the avaril mm, okay yeah so like is celebrating as a reminder to people the avaril is is basically uh the shared like dreamscape of the elves where they recall the stories of of heroes and villains of old yeah so i think there's that most of their holidays are in honor of an ancient hero or ancient you know victorious battle sure you know, Maybe the, an ancient, like, craftsperson who created, like, you know, the most beautiful painting ever. I yeah, guess. that makes sense. So, like, like there would definitely be scope, too, on this where, 
among tradesfolk, you know, a a, a smithy or, or you know, um, arcanist or something would be recognized, and you know, you might see a sigil, you know, drawn on a piece of parchment or something above a of a a, a lintel on a door for a. Excuse me. A lentil is yes, that is that is a word that is an architectural term. It means like the top part of a door. So it's not a soup. No, L I N T E L. Okay. Lintel, right? Did I get that wrong? Yeah, lintel. A horizontal support of timber, stone, concrete, or steel across the top of a door or window. I know my architecture. I know my architecture. It's also a soup. It's also a soup if it's an E. A lentil versus a lintel. I see. But Carter knows how I am with pronunciation. I'm bad. All right. Yeah. So, but yeah, the reason why I just said said that though was just because like it's dependent on scope. So you know those probably wouldn't be as widely recognized by you know elven highborns or something. But there would definitely be days that. Do you think that the forest elves and the high elves and the sea elves all have similar recognized events? Like, does that tint the avaril for them at all? There is some tinting. There's even some tinting based on just on a personal level of like mm-hmm. what you do and what your destiny, quote unquote, is. Mm-hmm. Um, you see different figures, but there are some common figures. Like I think most have had some dream of. Oof! What was the first first Elven hero? Gosh, I wrote a poem about him. Um, this isn't Rakvar. This is a different person. A different person. Uh, Rakvar. Oh, yeah. Aquila. Isn't that... I mean, because that was back during Avum Secunda, right? Yep. Is this the person who was a slave driver and had a bunch of hounds or something? Um, what? No, she... Well, because back then, slavery would have seen, be seen as a protective form of, like, keeping, you know, holding on to uh, the humans and keeping them from going insane. No, I think um, she fought and killed the, like, orc chieftain during the battle of the spire in the capital oh is this this was around the time of obariska when Mm -hmm. uh that's right okay yeah no i I could see that being recognized because this is one of the other things that has to be a consideration is the fact that holidays and celebrations are very hugely just as much in time as they do by region so like I mean, I would imagine in the first days of Avum Secunda, those that could remember the the dawn or uh, the the Ash Curse would probably like recognize its date. You know, I mean, honestly, that's a huge part of what Bremen still is, is that it's a recognition that that the Ash Curse occurred and like they play out and do like you'll see different theatrical pieces or enact reenactments of that whole process of like the fall. And, you know, it's like a sign of remembrance. And so I would imagine that, like, what are what are the things that would that be something that they would celebrate even thousands of years later? Because I could see that. I could see that as being like if they're the first elven hero, they maybe loom like a mountain in the background, like almost shadowy, casting a shadow over all stories of the Avril to come. Yeah, that's like that's in general the idea behind behind Aquila. She's this like legendary figure among legends, like. You know, very little is known of, because she kind of came out of nowhere. She was just like a common foot soldier who, you know, mm. like, you know, was courageous enough to like, you know, stand toe to toe against this like massive orc chieftain. Right. Was that the whole thing where, wasn't the orc chieftain trying to, this is what, around the time when Muse appeared to them, right? 
When um, you use a period to, to... To to the gnomes? To Tyrion? Yeah. Or are you thinking of... Uh, what was the capital city of, of, the, of the elves? I don't know if we I ever gave it a name. We, we, we have never named it. This was uh, after the construction of the Spire. Okay. Right, and that's right. There was a... Because it drew a lot of... Man, I want to find the episode reference to that, because that was... I feel like there's some important stuff there about the fact that it actually drew a lot of unintended um, attentions. Yeah. I, I suppose itself. this would be the end of the sec, uh, end of Avon Secunda. This is right around Yeah, this is right around that bleeding time where it transitions. We transition into Avon Tertius as the other spires are being built. Okay, yeah. So that I I could definitely see that being recognized. How do you think they celebrate it? Uh, I think that there is a kind of conjoining of like return of magic it's a kind of celebration of that also of the first elven hero and the idea that you know they defended the like return of yeah that, okay that, so yeah there's, there's like a it's a magical time you could say okay and um there's like a a general kind of like bird theme because of aqua aqua is latin for eagle oh cool from. so there, it, so basically the idea was like she wore like a winged helm Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we, they don't even know if that was her actual name. Okay, sure. So, okay, hey, question then. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think about the three harvests, right? And it could fall in one of these. And I was kind of wondering if it does because I, I was trying to gauge, like, who recognizes the harvest? And I, in my mind, I was thinking, when you have, like, the societies and the cultures of a world like Sadar which is almost entirely ag- agrarian, aside from the small percentages that can live in cities and stuff. It's, it's not as dimorphic as, like, the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages because you still have magic. Mm-hmm. But there's still plenty of people who, you know, and it's, it's not as, as, as nearly as skewed as ours where only, like, 1% of the population actually produces food for the other 99%. Yeah. Um, it's not anything ridiculous like that, but maybe, like, 75-25 or something like that. I don't know. My, my point just being, like, the harvests are really more for them. Um, at least the third harvest is. But I think that, like, that was kind of the point of the other two, was to recognize that other, like, maybe the tradesfolk during the yield of mind, or, or like, the storytellers, or the clerics, or, you know, the, the religious during the yield of heart. And I'm kind of wondering if, do people gravitate towards celebrating certain holidays within that harvest time? That was kind of the idea was to have like a, this mindfulness where people were to sell, like got to celebrate that aspect of themselves. If they were, you know, their nine flows disposition occurred during that time. Yeah. So maybe it falls on the, the hand, the hand is the gut. Yeah. So the, like the question basically just being, do you think that the elves lean more into that or even further away from that as like seeing it as this really only associates with i don't know humans or something and we have our own thing because we have the avaril oh that's a good point um hmm. i think they have they kind of shy away from it but they have holidays that kind of had the similar feel around the same time Okay, yeah, so, like, like, they don't... Our our stuff is different. Right. It happens to occur nearby. Because, so, this is kind of what I'm asking is, do you think, how much of this do you think is influenced by sort of some almost circadian rhythm that magic carries, where it's actually influencing things, and you feel, like, a a, a rise in those, like, a whelming of those energies during those seasons? And how much of it do you think, or harvest, I should say, or, or, or how much of it do you think is, like, there's almost this different 
chron- like Chronos of the environment of the Avaril, where it has its own like ticking clock that maybe doesn't even associate with the year. Maybe it's almost more like a generation, and there's like this movement yeah. of a generation. I think it's um, the Avaril. If it has like a timetable, it's across hundreds of years and not a year that's kind of what i was thinking is maybe let's say so when we as humans talk about generations we think of 20 years that's like at least that's 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 when you talk about gen xers or like millennials or you know baby boomers etc that's a typically a 20 year span is the idea of like how long before the next generation starts to have kids is kind of the idea um so it should be 30 years well, so it's like, basically, I think the idea is like from the age of 20, 20 to 40 is when people typically have kids. And then, you know, that next generation takes 20 years. So there's this crossover of 20 years in between each. Don't say these things. Anyways, whatever. I'm Wait, why? Don't say oh, these things. Dude, I'm 26. It's, you're fine. <laughs> you, you, have it, you have it until you're 40. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, to fit this, you know, recognizably... Anyways, whatever. Um, so, like, maybe uh, the the Elvish calendar, because the generations are, like, a hundred years, maybe there's ce- elf, uh, events and things that they only celebrate, like, once every five years or something. Yeah, true. Especially if they're guided much more by the Avril than by any written text or, like, you know, they are the epitome of things spoken and carried down from tradition. So a year doesn't mean the same thing to them as it would to, you know, another person, to a yeah. human. And maybe the, the elves just have a completely different calendar, which you'll have to make. Like, mm, fucking hell. God damn it, Carter. <sighs> You're right. And I hate it. And it, like a single quote unquote year is more like a month. Yes, exactly. Like, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. Cycle. And they still probably, I mean, they just don't include weeks. They probably just include the months in their calendar. They might have even the same names for them, but it's just, it's... It's just associated differently. God damn it. Why? How dare you do this to me? Yep. Okay. Well, that's but, probably true. That's about 50. We spent about 15 minutes. On I, that. Know, wanna, I know. I know. Do we want to go into more depth or do we want to go into like the dwarves? Or... Well, I think because the thing is, this is a Lord Keepers Jr. We don't really have a lot of time and I have to edit this. So yep. I think. Well, let's do a one in one. If there's, okay. I mean, as we've talked about the Elven calendar and specifically like the Avaril and how that would influence holidays, what else as far as so does that mean like holidays would pop up every few years then, right? Yeah, I think that there would be some holidays that are like routinely celebrated at certain times, uh, basically like end of month holidays where a month is a year in the Elven calendar. Mm-hmm. And that you know that's just kind of what you do during the end and beginning of months. Yeah, but there's but there's specific like, like you know, monthly celebrations that are different month on month to month. Right. Well, and when the elves celebrate, they celebrate for the whole month. Yeah. Bremen is a week, and that's a long time for humans. You know, dwarves and other people might like. You know, they probably because that's the thing. They're not the only longest lived race. You know, there would definitely be other races that have longer spans. But I think to the most part, like the dwarves probably stick to that year because they like rhythm you know they like it it's and yes it's maybe as much of a heartbeat but you know they i think they would appreciate having that consistency but the elves they they have all out like yeah 40 day long ragers like every every four or five years yeah and it's it's um i think it's a kind of loosening of this like typically very tight very um cat like um codified casted elven society 
Like mm. things get a little bit like, you know, you can as like a noble, like rough it in the 40 day celebration. Cause it's the scene where like everyone's equal in times of celebration. Well, especially because I think it would really depend on the, the holiday as well. I don't think this is every holiday, yeah, but I think that it. there's a sense of like returning to the, the source of our nature of being fey. Mm -hmm. uh, like at our core we are not of this world or our ancestors like the the place that we come from is not this place and there is the sense of the sprite nature this you know the fairy nature and embracing that and becoming as ephemeral as as any of them like during that time where it's 40 days but they do like they lose track of time in a different way where it feels like so much happens um, instead of you know, like this huge balloon in the in the dilation of time. Oh, Frank, this is so much because like think about like how racial tide pools would work during times of festivity and like, yeah, like, a of power that like binders could use. It'd be like a flooding. Yes. Wow. Yeah, you're right. And the bi yes, binders would definitely be taking. I think that binders would basically just be permanently drunk that whole time. You know. Essentially, like just be feeling so strongly the connection, specifically elven binders, I should say, uh, would feel so strongly the the relationships of all others around them. They'd feel like hyper empowered, but also very difficult to maintain any sense of control because you just feel everything so much. Yeah, just it's very interesting as a quick side note, just like I don't know about weavers, but we might have to talk about them. Mm -hmm. They may just be like the standard, like no bumps and no, you know like valleys and uh mountains well it's not but that like, they it's not that they can't feel that stuff it's just they're more stayed like they're more yeah. they 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 feel it uh overwhelm or like can can be a very powerful thing but they also have a much greater capability to step away and observe it yeah but what's interesting is that conductors right given that they like just take magic from their surroundings mm -hmm. they get they get much more powerful when there's a lot of magic in the surroundings, i.e. when they're near hmm. a spire. Yeah. Binders get more powerful, right, when these kinds of things happen, when there's a lot of racial energy or other tide pool energy mm -hmm. between people. Mm -hmm. And what is it that for weavers? Is there that for weavers? I think so. I mean, well, also, I don't know how it would be for elves, but I would know that... The, the harvest times, the yield of mind, specifically is for them. So, like, lots of scholars and others would get together and um, would be a time of celebrating achievements and developments. And the gnomes especially would take advantage of that, too, because many of them, they, they gravitate more towards the, the weavers than, than the binders or conductors. Well, it's a celebration for them, but does it empower them? I think it would. I mean, I think we would... I don't know if we have time in this episode to figure that out, but maybe we just do, like, a... Sort of a part two, part three, uh, mm -hmm. potentially, of Lorekeepers Juniors in the following episodes. I, I think that's what we're... That's, I, if you're cool with that, I want to do that, because I feel like there's so much to the holiday season that we could explore, and they're such yeah. an important part of a year and how people connect with each other. I think it would make sense to explore this for other, other groups of people. I agree. Yeah. But I think that's pretty much it for today. Unfortunately, we would love to give you more, but in order to make this all work, uh, <laughs> and for me to have a strip of sanity during December, I, I'm <laughs> we got to record a lot ahead of time. Yep. So. And so we hope you've enjoyed this exploration to the lands of Star and the realms beyond. If you like us, give us a five star rating, or better yet, tell other people about us.
Frank. Thanks to Josh Silker for his composition of Land of Heroes, the Lorekeeper's theme. And thanks to you all for listening. Bye. Bye.